This is episode 247 of the Beyond the Food Show. And today, we are going to explore the concept of inner child with Victoria Albina. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Going Beyond the Food Show. I'm Stephanie Dodier, clinical nutritionist and certified intuitive eating counselor, creator of the Going to Beyond the Food Method. And after a 25-year dieting career that started at the age of 12, I decided to say hell no to diet culture and hell yes to living my life to the fullest in my now body. And I made it my mission to help smart, successful women like you live confidently, unconditionally, right now. Ready, sister? Let's do this. Hello, sisters. So happy to be back with you behind the mic after a five-week hiatus. As I was sharing with you in our repost episode, we took the time off as a company to solely focus all of our attention and energy on a revolutionary program that is called Conquer and Thrive. And yes, I'm happy to report that we made some great stride. I've actually created two brand new course and the third one is being born right now. (laughs) So did you join our waitlist? Because we will be rolling out a beta launch in a few weeks, only to those registered on the waitlist. Now, if you're waiting for the big launch, it's going to be somewhere towards mid-September. So stay tuned for more detail on this public launch. But I would love to have you in our better group. I'm going to be spending more time with you in that group so I can get a lot of feedback and make some improvement into the program. So now today's episode is an interview that's been sitting in the bank since June. And I'm very, very, very excited to introduce you, Victoria Albina, to our community because we jive so well together. And I have to say, she was introduced to me back in March, and I fell in love. Like, the interview sealed the deal for me. Victoria is just like me. She is a clinician. She's a registered nurse. That combined, again, just like me, mindset, life coaching, trauma in her practice, and a lot of relationship between geeky science and actually spirituality. So you're going to enjoy her. If you like me, you're going to love Victoria. And she's also a podcaster. She has uh, a podcast that I love, Feminist Wellness. You can find her on iTunes. Here's what we talked about on the podcast in this episode. We broke down the concept of inner child for those that are introduced to this for the first time. We talked about being a good girl. And I can guarantee you that all of you have been socialized and internalized the concept of good girl. So you got to listen to that part. We talked about the role of our nervous system in meeting our own needs and the role that it played in intuitive eating. And then we wrapped it up with how we can reparent our inner child. Are you ready? Let's do this. Victoria, welcome to the show. 
Thank you so much for having me. I'm such a fan of your work. Oh, that was a surprise to me. Like, thank you. Thank you. I'm honored <laughs> to have you and have you listening to the podcast is even better. We're going to get right into it because you have so much to offer. Um, I want to get started with this whole concept you teach of inner child and how that plays itself within our relationship to food and body. Yes, such a beautiful place to start in all of our childhood when our concepts of food, body, self, identity, community get formed. So the concept of the inner child is an old one. Uh, Carl Jung talks a lot about it. Um, we see it in the archetype work. And I think of it as um, those little parts of us that were formed as we developmentally formed, as we grew from being a newborn who had our needs met or not. Uh, as a two-year-old, as a four-year-old, as an eight and a 12 and a 16-year-old, right? As we developed and grew as a human, our experience of what it meant and means to be us, to be safe in our bodies, safe in our environment, safe in our families, safe to eat what we want to eat, or if we'll be scolded, right? All those stories uh, are part and parcel of us as adults. They all live on within us. And I often see this playing out in terms of humans. And I, I tend my, my work and my focus as a person socialized as female is with women and mm -hmm. humans that were socialized as women. So I'll use that term women broadly, meaning people socialized as women. But I see that women often in childhood are told these stories about our size, about our bodies that are related to this moral concept of goodness, right? Mm. That if you eat too much, you're not a good girl, right? I hear from clients so often that I didn't have a brother, or I think this probably would have happened, but that brothers are given bigger portions than us. There's food that brothers can eat that we are told not to eat. Um, that our joy in eating is often suppressed because of the risk of not being an acceptable good girl, meaning slender. Mm. This is, this is, this is it. Like, yeah. Like, I know that my audience is not everyone is comfortable with the term feminism. I'm trying to educate everyone to this, but that is that socialization and mm -hmm. the internalization of the body of what it yes. should be drive so much at that critical period of our evolution. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, that, and that's what it means. This inner child is that yep. place that we, I guess our thoughts, our collection of thoughts that were socialized and internalized at that young age. Yeah. That still plays out at 45 years old. Oh, absolutely. All of our unconscious thoughts, all of the lessons that we've learned from society, from our culture, from our family of origin, they all live on within us as unconscious bias, as implicit bias, as explicit bias, until we stop and bring those thoughts into our consciousness so we can begin to shift them by feeling the feelings associated with having those thoughts. And those feelings are often incredibly painful, right? Mm -hmm. Like 
to believe that you can only be happy or lovable or good once you lose the last 10 pounds, for example, mm-hmm. right? Those stories that live on within us are, are really painful to look at and so vital if we want to live into our fullest joy and to be of service to ourselves and the world. Yeah. So could we say that this relationship to our what's called quote inner child, and I know a lot of Mm -hmm. people probably heard or read that on Google somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Heal your inner child, right? Yes. Um, But that's what you're meaning by healing our inner child by responding to the needs or bringing safety to this inner child. That's how healing happens. It's one way. Yeah. And how I often see this out, particularly, again, within the framework of food and nutrition, is that we have learned that that inner voice within that wants comfort, that wants safety, that wants to co-regulate with us. And I can nerd out about polyvagal theory. Always love to nerd out. Um, But that part within us that let's say is six and needs comfort, wants comfort and lives within you might say, have the cookies, have all the cookies, Mm. support me, comfort me, right? Mm -hmm. Because carbs and sugar give us a a wee dopamine hit and mon dieu, who doesn't love a wee dopamine hit, right? Like, come on. And so we... That voice that may say, have the cookie, is a voice of love. It's the voice of the truest, deepest self-love. Its methodology may not be in alignment with what we want for our adult lives, but when we turn to that part and say, shut up, stop talking, I can't eat the cookies, or... I'll be fat and that's horrifying. I won't lose the weight and that Mm -hmm. makes me a bad person, right? When we start to attach those moralistic understandings and thoughts about body and body image, we work to negate that need within us versus attending to the need as our own most loving adult. And so as our own best parent, and each of us has the capacity to reparent our inner child, that comes with understanding that children will act as children. They're supposed to. They're supposed to have needs and desires and wants and like maybe even sound annoying to you, right? The way a four-year-old pulls on your pant and is like, excuse me, excuse me, (laughs) excuse me, right? But that's literally their job. And you get to honor them, love them, and meet them exactly where they are. Also, knowing for your own adult peace of mind, what happens if you ignore a four-year-old pulling on your pant leg, right? Mm. She's going to get louder and louder and louder. And eventually, she's going to, and I'm putting this in air quotes, act out. Yes. Because she needs your attention. Not because she's a bad child, which most of us have been told, right? Because that yeah. was the the normal parenting model back in these days, like 60s, oh. 70s, and 80s. Yeah. But because yeah. she needed safety. Exactly. Her nervous system needed safety. She needs you to look down at her at your pant leg and smile, which co-regulates, helps to calm her nervous system, and to help her get back into what's called ventral vagal. Um, And again, I'll I'll happily nerd out in just a second, but to help her regulate her nervous system so that she knows she's safe. Because her her sweet little four, six, eight-year-old brain 
doesn't know the difference between I want cookie, I need cookie, give me cookie, and you are safe, you are loved. Same thing. Same thing. Yes, I love that. So let's put that into term of intuitive eating for the listener, right? So intuitive eating is focused on eating when hungry, stopping when full, and finding satisfaction, Mm -hmm. right? So when your little girl is pulling at you wanting that cookie and you check in, you're not hungry, Mm -hmm. you're satisfied, like you're full, and you're still needing that cookie, it's because there's still a need there. Yeah. So I just get into conscious contact with my inner child. I I close my eyes, I do a visualization, uh, and I have a free meditation download on my website over at victoriaalbina.com, right on the homepage where you can download an inner child meditation. Because it's it can be confusing. Like, where do I start? How do I what? (laughs) Yeah, well, exactly. It's like, and you said the term reparenting. Yes. Can you conceptualize that for folks in relationship to inner child? Yes. So in my worldview, a loving, caring, amazing parent is one who shows up with love and care, with the goal of co-regulating, of helping the child to ground themselves, to center themselves. And a loving parent has loving boundaries, right? As a loving parent, you don't let your six-year-old go play in this, you know, on a busy street. You don't let them walk up to a cage of snarling dogs and put their fingers through the wire, right? Mm -hmm. You have boundaries, And I think one of the things that can be really challenging with intuitive eating is for those of us who grew up, for example, with codependent thought habits, with perfectionist thought habits, without healthy boundaries, we don't know how to set boundaries in a loving, kind, tender way. And so when I think about being my own most loving parent, what it means is making that inner connection, talking to, and I often do this out loud, talk, or I'll do it in my head, whatever works for the listener, but making that conscious contact with my inner child and talking to them at their appropriate age and developmental stage with a heart full of wild love to say, my sweet little tenderoni. Baby, I hear you. Listen, we just had this meal. I feel so cozy full in my tummy. You've got such beautiful, good calories and lots of great fat. What do you need? You're, I hear your words. I hear cookie. I hear that, baby. But let's, let's talk about what else you need. Do you need hugs? Do you need to play? Do you need to run around the block or to color? You need to stomp your little feet. (laughs) Like, what do you need? What are you actually asking for when the word coming out of your six-year-old mouth is cookie? Hmm. Let's talk about it. I love this. I love this. I love this. Okay, so for people listening, think about this as intuitive eating versus dieting. Yes. Dieting is the old model of parenting with punishment to good behavior. Mm right? Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Yeah. Like, body, you misbehave. Ugh. Let me punish you, put you in a cage, and then shrink you because that's what you should be and you're not. Right. Reparenting, it's like, it's okay. It doesn't mean anything yeah. that you want to cook. Let's just figure out why. Yes. 
That's brilliant. And even to take it one step further, sweet baby, thank you for asking for a cookie. Oh, yeah. Right? That's the language you know how to use. And I honor that that's the language you have because you are six. And if you hadn't said, give me cookie with such the voracious energy, I wouldn't have known I had an inner need. Mm. So thank you, baby. Thank you. That's such a shift, right? I know for women mm. listening, like from like 30 years of punishing your craving right. to like welcoming them. Yeah. Well, and we wonder why folks who chronically diet end up with, and I'm going to say words that are not science words, mm -hmm. but they're colloquial words people get, but end up with adrenal fatigue. Yes. I mean, it makes sense. You you burn yourself out from the psyche on down. Or or talk to like what many of the listeners here have is, quote, anxiety and depression. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So can we go into the relationship to all of this, to our nervous system? And I'm going to lay the land for people. We did our, our experts over the, we did three episodes on nervous system. I don't know if you know Irene Lyon. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. She's phenomenal. So she laid some of the land for you. So I'll link back to a couple of our episodes, but I want to hear about this uh, co-regulation and, and a little bit of nerding out on that with the polyvagal theory, if you don't mind, and putting that in perspective. Mind? Well, I, I hope everyone has their pocket protector <laughs> firmly in place. So uh, to, to be short about it, knowing that uh, Irene Lyon recently spoke here, um, our autonomic or automatic nervous system is controlled by our beautiful vagus nerve, the 10th cranial nerve that runs out of your head and through the middle of you as an animal. And it controls pretty much everything along its path, eyes, ears, mouth, throat, your heart rate, your breathing rate, your diaphragm, your digestion, thyroid function, ovarian function, your pooping, everything along its path. And what can happen is particularly when we're ages zero to three, which is when our autonomic nervous system is getting sort of, I think of it like an old fashioned volume mm. dial, like on a stereo, the volume's being set, right? I, when this happens, I go to 10. When this happens, I go to zero. I need to speak at 10 to get heard in this family. I need to be silent or I'm in trouble, right? So that sort of understanding of yourself in relation to your own body and your safety gets set in those critical ages, which also overlaps with ages zero to seven, which is when the root chakra is getting formed. Mm. So the vagus nerve has two branches, sympathetic, which is fight and flight. That is the freak out part. That is a lion is coming. It's going to eat me and my family, the entire village, everyone I've ever met. It is time for panic. And then the other branch is parasympathetic, which then has two branches, ventral vagal, which is the front body, and that's your eyes, your hearing, and then, and that's the safe and social part. So when I talk about co-regulating, it's about getting into ventral vagal, where we feel attended to, befriended. And so that conversation I, re I just uh, shared of like, oh, my sweet inner child, that is getting into ventral vagal with yourself, getting into an oxytocin state with yourself where you're giving yourself so much love. The other and the, the final of the of the three branches is the second branch of the parasympathetic, which is dorsal, and that's the back body. 
And I remember the dorsal fin on a shark. Mm. And I also think that it's on your right. Cause you see that and you're like, uh-oh. yeah, Right. Here's trouble. Um, and I also think of the it's on the back body because think of us way back in cave human days, you had your back against the wall if you had no other option. True. Never thought right. about it this way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so the back body is our freeze or immobilization. I think of like a possum playing mm-hmm. possum. And that's often when we're in depression we're in that dorsal state more so than a different state than ventral. And when we're anxious, that's often we're having more sympathetic enervation. Enervation means nerve active activity. And sympathetic is ruled by adrenaline, norepinephrine, and eventually cortisol. Mm. So when I talked a few minutes ago about how diet culture can really lead us into states like adrenal fatigue, again, colloquial language there. As a scientist, I need to say it. Uh, (laughs) I get it. Right. Those aren't science words, but um, that's because of that chronic, when we are in that diet culture mindset and we are not attending to our inner child, we're not looking at our thoughts that create our feelings about Mm. ourselves, our bodies, our lives. That leads to that increased adrenaline, norepinephrine, and eventually cortisol, all of which keep us, our our adrenals, effectively freaking out. This is everything. Like, this is everything because, so my program, when I I help women, I say to them, we got to start with mindset. Yep. And I get big pushback because no, 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 I want to talk about intuitive. I'm like, you're not going to get anywhere if we don't figure out what goes on between you two here and give you an approach to change that because of what you just explained. Exactly. Because it drives your nervous system. 100%. Yeah. Like this is a scientific explanation, ladies, why we start (laughs) with the mindset. Absolutely. Your body, the molecules of emotion, right? Again, oxytocin, pitocin, serotonin, adrenaline, etc. They respond to your thoughts, right? We have these parallel systems of brain down, the mindset piece that you and I focus on in our coaching work, and the vagus system. And they inform each other. They talk to each other, right? We are not one without the other ever. And so, pulling back as you and I help our clients to do, we can get really clean and clear. And and I don't say clean, you know, in a, in a judging or right. There's no dichotomy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, well, it's interesting, right? We do all get to check our habitual words that we use in our habitual thoughts that just comes out of my mouth, clean and clear, even though I don't even mean the word clean. Interesting. But anyway, so we get to to really pull back and look at the chronic thought habits we have that keep flooding our body with these chemicals, because that's where we have em- empowerment. Mm-hmm. That's where we can step back and take charge of our minds, which is my number one goal on this planet is to help women to take back their minds. And the mind that is causing you the suffering, the entrenchment in diet culture, the hating your body is most often the mind of your inner child. If we pull that all back in. Yeah. Your socialization, culture of origin, family of origin, the stories that you heard growing up. I grew up, I'm Argentine. And Mm -hmm. I mean, 
not to brag, but we do have the most eating disorders of any country on the planet. Really? I did not know that. Fascinating. Yeah. We can, we can get into a whole race analysis <laughs> later, but for now... I grew up with a, hearing those constant jokes of like um, just making fun of people's size and shape and all sorts of ableism and sizeism and the sexism and racism. Like it all gets rolled together and is so insidious, right? It gets deep into our minds until we stop to take a look at it. I mean, I was talking to a relative last week back home who was talking about a new doctor at her clinic. And she said, you know, it's she, she's really fat, but she's really smart. Mm. Yeah, fat phobia, right? Wow. Well, can so we're recording this on June the 4th, right? So can we say for so the vast majority of my audience is mainly white, that's white privilege. White privilege is baked into your subconscious mind as a white person. You don't even understand that you're yeah. having those thoughts. Implicit bias. Absolutely. Implicit and explicit bias. Yeah, absolutely. So this is not the focus of the podcast, but I'm always trying to show women that there's a link between the two in the same way that white privilege express itself in your life. That's how fat phobia express itself in your life. And you end up hating your body and having food behavior that you want to change. It's all coming from that same place, that depth of your brain that affects your nervous system. Absolutely. And a resource for your readers could be books like Fearing the Black Body, yes. which, yes, so good, right? Talking yes. about how this conceptualization that the perfect form is the absolutely slender one right? That that is a racist concept. Absolutely. In its origins. And we've all been, all puns always intended, spoon-fed that framework, that mm. way of thinking. And you're so right. We get to pull back and we have to pull back as white and white passing people to look at those thoughts in our minds. Again, if we're to be of service to ourselves and the world. Absolutely. Can we, before we, we have to, to wrap this up, I absolutely want to get into one of the things you teach also, which is breath work. Mm, yes. As a solution to everything we've been building up. Like we've been building this big argument. How do we begin to work? Is that through breath work in your world? Yeah, I think it's one important tool. I think okay. it is... So one of the things that so often happens, particularly when we're taught this dichotomous thinking, is that we get really cognitive about it. We get really in our heads. And I deeply, deeply, deeply believe in doing the cognitive behavioral work in looking at our thoughts and the feelings they create. But that work is impossible if you're not in touch with your feelings, right? Mm -hmm. So what I teach my clients, my life coaching clients, is to look at the thoughts in their mind and to directly pick one thought and to name and feel into the feeling that creates in your body, knowing you'll take action on that feeling and then create a result for yourself in your life. And the somatic practice of breath work opens this beautiful portal for folks to tap into their somatic experience of themselves as a human, to tap into their physiology and their felt experience. And, and I will note the, the main breath work that I do, the breath, 
I call it breathwork journey meditation okay. is a three, three part pranayama breathwork where you breathe deep into the belly, heart center and out. And, uh, it is a journey. It is, um, it can really send you into another portal, right? Uh, yeah. Astral projecting is not uncommon. I often talk to my dead ancestors through this process. It is, it moves a lot of energy. And when folks are in the early stages of trauma healing, it is not for them. No, because it can bring up a lot of stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it is like everything else I teach is to be titrated, to be entered into slowly. So, for example, someone with a trauma history, which who doesn't have mm -hmm. a trauma history, right? But uh, who's in the midst of unpacking that, working through that, healing that, may simply want to start with getting in touch with, I have a breath, right? To start really simple, just even bringing your awareness to your breath without changing it, without shifting it, without trying to do anything to or with it, mm. but simply to like step into that awareness. And then later in the healing process, Breathwork can just be such a phenomenal way to see what we cannot otherwise see within ourselves, like getting in touch with our inner children. Yeah. yeah. Or, or to get in touch with our energy body, our spiritual yes. body, right? Absolutely. For healing to be sustainable and lasting, it has to be all on all planes. I often say there's no mental health without physical health and no physical health yes. without mental health. And we have to add in the health and wellness of the energy body, the subtle body, the spirit body into all of that. Vital. And so we'll, we'll end and we'll end with this with this to say that is why diet don't work, because mm -hmm. they only work with your physical body. Exactly. Ignoring everything else. And that's why the formula is not sustainable because you cannot control your emotion, your mental and your spiritual body through your physical body. It's a collaboration of the four together that makes you. Yeah. Well, and I'll add to that, the destination rather always feels like the journey. Yes. Always 110%. And so if the framing is, I want to lose 10 pounds, let's go back to the example yeah. I used earlier. I, I have to lose 10 pounds so that I can meet the partner of my dreams and get married and have children and like fulfill all these stories about my lovability and my worth and my value. Once you lose those 10 pounds by starving yourself and feeling miserable, it won't be enough. Hmm. Right? Because yeah, if there wasn't self-love guiding you. Yeah. And you're just avoiding stuff that's yeah. going to come up at some point. Exactly. Exactly. Versus stepping into self-love first and deciding you're going to tend to your body, to your nervous system, to your inner child, to your nutrition from that lens of true and profound self-love by loving yourself first and then doing whatever you plan to do in terms of action steps from that thought, I'm doing this because I love myself. Yes. Not because I have to change or fix myself. No, it needs to start with worthiness. I think it all, yeah, it all has to start with that, knowing that you are profoundly, inherently perfect and worthy of love without changing a single thing. That's where it needs to start. Yeah. So for the listener, you've mentioned a couple of times you're a scientist. Typically, I'll start <laughs> with this question, like, what's your story? How about if we end the interview with... How did you move from being a scientist, being in the brain <laughs> as a nurse yeah. practitioner to doing this work? 
Mm, thank you for that opportunity to talk yeah. about it. So I was really sick growing up my whole life. Um, I had irritable bowel syndrome, IBS, uh, later found that there was a parasite, small intestine bacterial overgrowth, sort of the whole classic host of GI yeah. concerns that's really common uh, in parallel with trauma. Because one of the things that uh, happens in, when the body is doesn't have the capacity to manage stress and trauma is that uh, we are not ventral vagal. And it's only when we're in ventral vagal that we can digest by design, right? If you if you think you're being chased by a lion, are you going to stop to digest a cheeseburger? I mean, <laughs> like, I hope not. And so um, I, yeah, I was really, really sick. And I looked to the Western machine, which was the machine I knew to get help, got none, um, often got fat shamed, um, often got told, you know, it was, it was all in my head uh, in a way that was belittling versus how I sometimes say, my love, the answer is in your head. Yes. From a, right? <laughs> tone is everything. Um, well, not everything. Tone is important. And so uh, from being so sick, I eventually found my way to a naturopath, to a holistic uh, healing support person who helped me to find the bugs and start to get my body on the right track. Uh, in that time, having been, you know, a born nerd, always a nerd, always wanting to know more about mitochondria and the Krebs cycle and all that kind of nerdiness, I wanted to be of service. As an immigrant, I wanted to be of service to my community. And one of the biggest ways I could think of to do that was through becoming a healthcare provider and being of service. Um, and so I became a nurse practitioner and trained at the University of California, San Francisco, worked in all sorts of community health clinics eventually found my way to New York um, and worked in primary care. What happened with my health was I would get better and then get worse and then get better mm. and then get worse. And neither the Western medical machine nor the holistic functional medicine machine had an answer for me. And so I knew I needed to look elsewhere. And it was sim at a similar time as I was dealing with these health struggles, adrenal issues, thyroid issues, hormone, right? The whole mm. kit and caboodle that I started to come into awareness through the help of some really phenomenal friends of my own codependent thought habits, my own perfectionist thought habits, and how those thought habits, how it all linked up with the nervous system that I was learning about in my medical training, but wasn't seeing applied in clinic. And I came to understand that my own thoughts were feeding the chemicals into my system that adrenaline, that norepinephrine, that cortisol that were keeping me physiologically sick. And that it was only by pulling back to look at my own mind that I could find sustainable healing. And that by learning how to stop doing things like putting other people ahead of myself, people pleasing, having those perfectionist thoughts, procrastinating, which is part and parcel of perfectionism, it was only by looking at those habits that I was able to get any peace and any deep, lasting, sustainable healing in my body. And now that's what you do full time. It is. It's so <laughs> exciting. It's, it's literally a dream come true. I feel so privileged, so lucky. I mean, hashtag blessed, right? Yeah. Like all of it that now I get to live this life in which I help women and gender non-binary yeah. humans to 
heal their minds every single day to look at their mindset and to ask what their unconscious thoughts are that are keeping them trapped in old cassette tapes. Oh, I love that. I know. It's so beautiful. Old cassette tape, because that's old so like tape. 80s, 90s, right? Oh my God, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you think it's just Bowie playing in there? No. But, right, it's it's actually that phobia. <laughs> and mixtape, remember those? <laughs> Oh my gosh, yes. Like using the, I saved up for a Sony Walkman for like 600 years. <laughs> oh, Those were Lord. the days. We tell oh. our age here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm from the 70s. Yeah. I'm very proud of it. <laughs> so we will link to the free meditation in the show note. But yeah. if if people connected with you and they're like, I, I want to work with you, like what's the next step and, and how can people connect with you? Yeah. So you can head over to victoriaalbina.com and download those meditations. I work with a very limited number of one-on-one clients and I run a six-month online group coaching experience called the Feminist Wellness Guide to Overcoming Codependency. And it's such an exciting experience. It's this really tender, sweet, small group. And I keep it small very much on purpose so it can be really intimate. And so we can go really, really deep. And I help the women in my care who are in this this program to start to see all those old cassette tapes that are playing. You know, mm-hmm. um, just yesterday on a coaching call, one of the women was like, my mom calls and I don't want to answer, but I feel so guilty. And then I answer and then I'm short with her. Oh, Let's look at that cassette tape that says you need to answer that phone, right? (laughs) Let's start there. So, um, yeah, that's really exciting. I'm also on the Instagram at Victoria Albina Wellness, and my podcast is called Feminist Wellness, and it comes out for free every Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, like all of the things. So, yeah. Thank you very much. It was a uh, a very pleasant, smooth, and intelligent conversation. Thank you very much. (laughs) I love those descriptors. Thank you so much. And truly from the bottom of my heart, thank you for the work you do. This intuitive eating, body love, it's so liberatory and it's the work we need. So thank you for being you and using your voice. Thank you. So did you learn something? I know I did. I learned to put the concept of intuitive eating in a completely different new light with this concept of inner child. And be sure to go and download Victoria's meditation. The link, if you're looking for the link, it's in the show notes. You can just click it and access our website. I love you, sister. And I look forward to hang out with you on the next episode. Hey you, if you enjoy listening to this show, you have to come and check Conquer and Thrive. It's my monthly coaching program that comes with expert courses that will show you exactly how to take this life-changing work and apply it into your own life. We teach you how to change your mindset, eat intuitively, and master body confidence. That you've decided to stop dieting today or years ago, Conquer and Thrive will help you take this knowledge deeper into real life practices. It comes with access to me as your coach and my team of experts. Join us by simply going to www.stephaniedodzie.com forward slash join. I can't wait to meet you inside our Conquer and Thrive community. I'll see you on the other side.